The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Hallelujah. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. And so today, uh, we, we kind of starting a brand new series, and I've titled this one, The Build Up. Uh, the Build Up to what? You may ask, The Build Up to uh, Wealth Builders uh, Conference that's coming up in four weeks. And uh, this is, you know, just uh, a kind of, you know, a plowing and, and, and getting the ground ready, the grounds of our hearts, uh, so that we can be positioned, really, uh, to receive the, the wisdom that we're going to receive at this conference, ultimately applied in our lives and, and see some transformation. I really love what Second Peter chapter number 1 verse 12 says. This is, you know, the Apostle Peter, uh, you know, writing and he says, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, uh, though you know them and be established in the present truth. And so uh, Peter had uh, a ministry uh, of, uh, you know, reminding the church uh, the things that were already established in. And he says, man, even though you're already established in these things, I'm not going to be negligent uh, to put you in remembrance. And so some of the things we're going to be sharing, uh, you may have heard, but, you know, just having heard is not enough. You need to kind of start, you know, producing it in your life. You need to start kind of uh, seeing some fruit off of it. Amen. And uh, so we can, we can get somewhere. That's the goal. I was saying in the first service that we are the generation uh, that I believe uh, we, we are in the last of the last days. I mean, it doesn't take much to see uh, that all the things that Jesus prophesied about the last days, they're coming to pass. And I've also heard, you know, uh, from different people saying that we are in the uh, third uh, great awakening. And, and we really are. I totally uh, agree with that. Man, we are the generation that has to... Uh, you know, uh, realize that God is calling us to get involved uh, beyond just the falls of the church. That's what the awakening is all about. You know, we've had many revivals, the Azusa Street, the Healing Revival, I mean many revivals, uh, but when it comes to an awakening, uh, this is the only uh, third time we're seeing uh, an awakening to such a level. Now, what's, a, what's an awakening? How is it different uh, from a revival? Now, with a revival, you know, the, the goal is to reach people's hearts. And with an awakening, the goal is to uh, uh, disciple culture. And what we are seeing in this third uh, great awakening is that people are starting to wake up, awakening, right? They're starting to wake up to the reality that just, you know, reaching one person, which is good for the kingdom of God is great, but there is a greater impact we need to get involved uh, in. It's, a, it's an impact where we begin to disciple uh, this confused generation uh, on culture. We, we can't just, you know, come in here, sing the fast songs, slow ones, and have a good time, and then walk out and be docile. We have to get involved with what's, with what's going on out there. Can I get an amen? I mean, we have to. I mean, it starts with the basics. We have to go out there and tell them a man is a man and a woman is a woman. And that male means man, female means woman. Can I get an amen? It starts with that. I mean, we is a crazy, confused generation that's coming for your children. And so some of you Christians, you're going to have to start getting involved with the school boards. At your school, when they say they want a school mom, a class mom, some of you shy away. Man, I'm going to be in the prayer closet. Man, God is calling you out to be the school a class mom so you can say no to some of this craziness. Can I get an amen? And so this is what the great uh, third great awakening is all about. It's all about us going into the world so we can literally become the salt of the earth. We can become the light of the world. Amen. 
We've got a, a, a world to touch. We've got a world to reach. First, uh, let's go now to Genesis chapter number 1 from verse 26 to 28. Genesis chapter number 1 uh, from verse 26 to 28. Now, all of this is going to take a little bit of money. It's going to take money to do it. And God wants to put this money in the hands of the righteous. The Bible says the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the who? For the just. And so there's a wealth that's laid up for you and I. And it's time we get our hands on it so we can make a difference. Amen. And so in Genesis 1, 26 to 28, uh, I'm reading in the Message Bible. It says, God spoke and said, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature. So they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them, how? Male and female. Someone say male and female. Yeah. Just male bathrooms means male bathrooms. Female bathrooms means female. But if I catch you uh, in the female bathroom and my daughter is in there, man, it may not end well. I'm telling you up front. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Man, it drives me crazy, this generation going nuts. Amen. It says here, he created them, male and female, nothing in between. Two genders, not 115. <laughs> and God blessed them, semicolon, open inverted commas. And now, brothers and sisters, we're getting ready to read the first word uh, God ever said to mankind. First word mankind ever heard from the mouth of God. And so, whenever in the English language you use open inverted commas, you're getting ready to quote what someone said uh, word for word. And so now we're getting ready to hear what God spoke to, to, to Adam, right? And this is what he said. He said, prosper. Someone say prosper. Now, out of the entire wisdom of God, out of the entire vocabulary of heaven, I mean, God is omniscient, he's all-knowing, he knows everything. God found it worthy that the very first word mankind should hear from his mouth was not rapture, was not hang in there. It wasn't just hold on. It was prosper. Yes. Amen. Amen. He said prosper. Prosperity is God's uh, uh, idea, his original plan for mankind. This is why God, when he created this thing, he put it in abundance because he wanted you and I to prosper. Now, if you're reading in the King James Bible, it's going to say be fruitful. It's the same thing. You know, prosperity and fruitfulness is the same thing. Amen? God wants you and I to prosper. It is a God idea. This thing is in abundance. If you study economics, they're going to say it's in scarcity. And economics, you know, studies to try and manage uh, scarce resources. But man, if you study the Bible, God created it and he put it in abundance. That's why nothing is running out. It doesn't matter how fast and how hard you breathe, I'm still going to get mine. Why? Because God put it in abundance. It doesn't matter how much prosperous you get. I can't get angry. I can't get mad at you or jealous about it. Why? Because God has created enough for everybody. So no need for you to, to start looking at what your neighbor is doing. You know, and how God is blessing them. Praise the Lord. He's enough for everybody. Amen. He said, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth. Take charge. Be responsible. Why? Because with this kind of prosperity, it's going to need you and I to be responsible. Amen. Be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, for everything that uh, uh, moves on the face of the earth. And so we see here, guys, that uh, prosperity is a, is a God idea. Prosperity is a God idea. Amen. Yet for many, many years, you know, I went to the church. I was in church from a, 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 as young as I, was, I could remember. I was in church at least 52 times in a year. My mom uh, would drag us all to church. And, and I mean, we used to have long services way back in the day. I was in church at least four hours. Yet nobody told me that God had a plan of prosperity for me. And we struggled. I mean, we struggled. Our struggles had struggles on them. It was bad. We struggled so bad that our poor neighbors thought we were poor. Amen? I mean, it's you in the poor neighborhood, but even your poor neighborhood thinks, man, they, they, they're, they're bad. And no one told me that God had a different plan. No one told me that God's plan for me uh, was, was prosperity. 
And he says it in different uh, parts of the Bible. He says it again in Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, primarily to the children of Israel and ultimately to you and I. He says, I have a plan for you. And this plan is not to harm you. This plan is to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. Amen. He says it again in 3 John 1, 2. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may what? Prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers or to the degree that you allow your mind to think or to come into divine alignment with this prosperity. And so the problem is not the stuff. The problem is not the resources. The problem is our thinking. We have to start thinking differently when it comes to this prosperity. Amen? Amen. And so I was flying from, from Durban. Uh, from uh, preaching in Durban uh, many, many years ago. And, uh, uh, you know, the Lord began to speak to me. He says, uh, Tafara, he said this. He said, Tafara, when it comes to prosperity and everything else uh, in the body of Christ, I want you to have a 30,000 foot view. And I said, Lord, what's that? And he said, I want you to see things from my perspective. And, and, and in this particular leg, I was flying. Uh, it, I may have been sitting next to my wife. And usually I like to take the uh, aisle seat. I don't like to be boxed in in the window seat. I like the aisle seat just in case something goes down, I can run out. <laughs> you know, so I like that. On this particular one, I was on the window seat. True story. I like the aisle. So I'm on the window seat. And the Lord said to me, he said, look outside. And so I looked outside. We were flying uh, 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 through Santa. And he says, what, what do you see? And I said, man, I see Santa City uh, more. He said, is that the uh, fanciest one around? I said, that's the fanciest one. He said, put your hand out. I put my hand out. And he said, I want you to fit it in your palm. And true story. From up there, I could fit Santa City in, in, in between my two fingers. And God said to me, the reason why you think it's so glamorous and it's an impossible dream for you is because you are looking at it from ground level. He said this to me. He said everything you look at it from ground level is going to intimidate you. The reason why your bills are intimidating you is because you're looking at them from ground level. And God began to say call my church to come on up when they start seeing things from up here, they're going to realize that it's just but another piece of cake. He said to me, what car? What car do you see down there? Man, I could see cars driving around. I could fit them. I mean, I had to shrink from that big one to this. I could fit. It's a small and an issue. You can't believe for a car. Come on, elevate your thinking. Come and see it from a 30,000 foot view. And you'll realize that from God's perspective, it's a small issue. And so when it comes to prosperity, we have to have a 30,000 foot view. We have to see it from God's perspective. And what is God's perspective? Let's go now uh, to 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Uh, uh, from, 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 from verse 8. Man, I'm telling you, perspective is everything when it comes to prosperity. You know, it's kind of like uh, the law of perspective. They use it on a on a on an elephant they say if you approach an elephant real close and uh you 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 have a limited perspective and you approach it from the belly if people ask you what's an elephant you're probably going to say it's a it's it's a gray you know concrete and if you approach it from the front and all you can see is the trunk what's an elephant Ele an elephant is plumbing right if you approach it from uh, the back what's an elephant an elephant is a rope but when you take a 30,000 foot view, you can see the whole thing. Now, the problem with the church is we've approached prosperity uh, real close from ground level and we've called it what it really isn't. God doesn't bless you just so you can be blessed. God blesses you so that you can become a blessing. Amen. amen. I said, amen. God doesn't give you stuff just so you can indulge. God gives you stuff so that it can empower you uh, to reach a dying world. Amen. And so it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make how much? All grace abound toward you. So it's a grace thing. Prosperity is a grace. Amen. He is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having. Someone say always having. <coughs> excuse me, always having. There's a thing when you're connected to the prosperity of grace called always having. Not always stored up. There's a difference. Always having means God will bring it to you even in the spare of the moment. See, you don't have to have a million bucks to live like a millionaire. Amen. God will bring it to you in the spare of the moment. There's a thing called always having, not month and having. Not uh, bonus time, December having. No, 
always having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. Now, that's King James' way of putting it. None of us speak this way. Are you abounding? We don't talk like that. You know, so let, let's try and read it in, the, in, in, a, in, a, in English. Let's go to the NLT, if you will, and see really what this verse is saying. Now, this is a powerful scripture. And it says, and God, and who? God. So God is the one that supplies you. That supplies for all your needs. He says, and God will generously, not sparingly. God is not counting pennies. He's generously providing. God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need. And plenty. Someone say plenty. He says, and plenty left over to do what? This is the mistake the church has made. We've used the plenty to hoard. Ain't nothing wrong with saving and, and, and storing up stuff. There's wisdom to that. But really the goal of prosperity is so that you can have plenty, watch this now, on the sharing with others side of the ledger. You can have plenty on the impact side of the ledger. Amen. Now this is a completely different way of thinking. When you approach prosperity, you see, just like any other thing, when you approach uh, your journey, you always start with the destination, right? You know, uh, if someone uh, uh, got you a ticket to go to your favorite destination, let's say it's the Maldives, right? Maldives is your favorite destination. You want to go to the uh, uh, Maldives. When you go to O.R. Tambo, uh, what do you have on your mind? Maldives, right? The destination. Right? And so let's say the person got you a, an air ticket, right, to, to fly first class. You're flying first on this one. Uh, you know, I've seen it on YouTube. When you fly first class, there's, there's Wi-Fi, right? There's Wi-Fi, there's PJs. They give you pajamas. You can shower. I mean, it gets really good when you're flying first class. You can go and uh, Google it. What else do they do? They give you a menu in there. Uh, I've seen people get champagne. I don't know if I can say that in church, but, you know... <laughs> You know, they give them champagne, welcome them, and, and so on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They welcome them and do all of these things. And, 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 and it gets good when you, when you fly first class. It's awesome. And if you're not careful, you could forget the reason why you bought the ticket. The, the reason you bought the ticket is not to get Wi-Fi. And, and, and shower. You could, you could have done that at your house. The reason you bought the ticket is to get to the destination of what? Uh, Maldives. Similarly, when it comes to prosperity, uh, the destination is called destination blessing. It's for us to become a blessing. Uh, what did I say? What did I say? What? It's to be a blessing. Yeah, blessing, right? It's to be a blessing to somebody else. That's the goal. That's the destination. The destination is to be a blessing uh, to somebody else. And so what will happen is that you get on the journey of prosperity. God will take care of your mortgage. Right? He'll pay for your car. He'll give you uh, money for your groceries. But the, the groceries. But the problem with the church is we've stayed up here. We've stayed stuck here without realizing that the goal for your prosperity is not just a car. It's not just a mortgage. It's not just another house. It's not just groceries. The goal, ultimate destination for prosperity is called be a blessing. And as long as you are still thinking about this, man, you're going to be stuck. If your prayers, uh, uh, Lord bless me, give me, give me, give me, my name is Jimmy, just me. You're thinking about me, right? If that's your goal and you do not have uh, somebody else in mind, you do not have the preaching of the gospel in mind, you've just limited uh, what Second uh, Corinthians chapter number 9 uh, verse 8 is saying. The destination is to have plenty on the leftover side of the ledger to do what with it? To share with others. In Luke chapter number 12, there was a man, uh, we had a, a farm, and his farm is getting ready to bring forth a bumper harvest. And he thought within himself, what am I going to do with the plenty? What should he have done with the plenty? Be a blessing with it. But he didn't do that. He was thinking at this level, he said, I'm going to build bigger barns. What that means is I'm going to upgrade my taste. So when God blesses you, it's not so that you can upgrade your taste. Or your taste buds. From uh, steak to caviar. <laughs> or appetizer to, to champagne. Non-alcoholic champagne. <laughs> Amen. 
when God gives you more, it's not to go and get a bigger debt. Amen? Man, some people go crazy. They even think they have to upgrade on a wife. When God gives you an abundance. I mean, I've seen people run into some money and they start looking at their spouse like, oh. <laughs> bank account, spouse, bank account, spouse, bank account. Ah. <laughs> Man, prosperity, prosperity is not meant for any of that. Prosperity is meant for you to be a blessing. So, if you're going to really prosper in God, you have to be obsessed. Someone say obsessed. You have to be obsessed with destination. Be a blessing. And it starts right where you are. You know, I was sitting in the office with uh, Billy Epart. We're going to be doing wealth builders in Africa. So, I was sitting at his office in Denver, Colorado. No, in actually in uh, uh, Woodland Park. You know, we were sitting outside on the balcony, you know, uh, looking at Pikes Peak, talking about this concept of uh, 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 wealth builders bringing it to Africa. And we got to start talking about the numbers. How much is it going to cost to do all of this? And so we're bringing a team of about seven or eight people. They're all coming in and they're going to need hotel. They're going to need, eight, I mean, lots of things. By the time we finished working on the budget, I said to him, it may be 50000 He says, no, Tafara, you're being conservative. This is going to cost 100000 And this is what he said. He said, but don't worry about it. I'm going to pay, pay, pay for it all. I said, how much uh, should we sell the tickets to try and recuperate? He said, no, you just put a price that the Lord puts on your heart. So I put $35. You multiply that by 200 people we're expecting. That's about, what, 7,000 uh, US dollars minus 100,000 is going to cost. The man is putting 94,000 uh, US dollars to be a blessing to us. Now, as awesome as that is, that should change the way we think as Africans. Thank God when someone blesses us, we receive. But it's time for us to start thinking different. We are not a basket case. Man, I heard that there's still kids who go to school with no shoes. And we have Christians in the country. What are they doing with the blessing? He said you'll have plenty left over to buy kids some shoes so they can have shoes to take to school in this cold winter. Can I get an amen? And I heard that there's some people with no blankets and, 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 and it's getting really cold. And we have the church. Man, it's time we stop praying and start doing something about it. And the way you do something about it is to change the way you think. And it starts with one. I know somebody's thinking, Pastor, there's no... It starts with one pair of shoes. When you buy your kids' shoes, buy an extra pair and go donate it somewhere. Oh, just one amen here in the front. Just one amen. Amen. And so what are we doing? We are shifting our thinking. We are positioning our hearts to be a blessing. But it starts right where you are. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. And it starts right where you are. You know, whenever God shows you need, he's getting ready to position you because he is the one who means a seed to the what? To the soul. In other words, God gives resources to people who have learned to give it away. But it, it, it takes a different mindset. It takes a different mindset. You can't just think about, uh, uh, okay, you know, the Lord has given me an extra 500 rand. I was on a 700 rand cell phone contract. Now I'm going on 1.3. <laughs> uh, a cell phone, rand, uh, cell phone contract and so I can spend it all. You, you're just thinking about you and, and, your, and your three. And you're in trouble with that kind of thinking. God wants you to have plenty left over so you can be a blessing to somebody else. Amen? And that way you begin to open your heart to receive more. You know, the grace of God is like a buffet set up with all these things. The Bible calls them everything that pertains to life and godliness. Unlimited resources of, of heaven are available to the believer. But what comes to you is determined by your capacity to allow it to flow through you. Anybody ever been to Eat All You Can restaurant? Eat All You Can. You pay 200 rand. Eat All You Can. You know, I've been there. And when I go to those places, my, my unmitigated goal is to, is to make them regret <laughs> ever coming up with that idea. That's what I'm thinking. I want to make them pay so they can change that thing. Amen? 
That's what I'm thinking. But when I walk in there, I want to eat it. I fast. I fast two, three days just so when I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Need capacity. But what I've learned is uh, 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 I can't go beyond one and a half plates. Why? Why? Why is that? Why? Because there is always a limit to consumption. It doesn't matter who you are. If your life is all about consuming it, you are going to limit yourself. Because you can only drive one car at a time. I don't care how many you have. You can only this one guy he had about six. Yeah, six, sixteen. Sixteen from no, he wanted to go to Durban July and he took all sixteen of them. He had to ask people to drive behind him. All of them, all of them, they are mine, mine. He would stand up every often and say, Mine, 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 mine. <laughs> Man, you can only drive, you can only use one bedroom at a time. I don't care who you are. Is that a true story? Yeah, I think there was seven, seven zero. No, it can't be. Seven zero cars? Oh, wow. I, I was trying to be nice. Sixteen. <laughs> I've just been told there were 70 cars. <laughs> so it doesn't matter who you are. There's always a limit to how much you can consume. So if you go to the buffet, you cannot, you cannot I don't care who you are, go beyond two blades. Someone say, damn me, pastor, damn me, yeah. I dare you. But, but here's the deal, guys. Here's how you can switch that up. If you had the community in mind and people that are hungry outside, how many of you know that you can go out 100 plates? Just fill up a plate, walk outside, are you hungry? You can go 200 plates, you can go 300 plates. You can take more advantage. You can take advantage of the grace of God for provision when you have the world in mind. The reason why the body of Christ has been limited in terms of our expression of prosperity is because we've just been thinking about us and consumption. Many time we rise above that. Can I get an amen? And so the second thing God said, back to exhibit A, uh, uh, the second thing God says in Genesis was reproduce. Now, to reproduce is not just limited to procreation, you know. Uh, to reproduce, uh, when God said reproduce, we have to realize and understand that God could have planted the entire earth when he created this thing. But God decided in his wisdom that he was just going to plant a garden. And then what he did with the garden is, he put it in the hands of Adam, and he says, now Adam, you take this garden and make it international reproduce this garden everywhere you go now what do we learn from that what we learn from that is this that everything in god i don't know if this is going to encourage you but this is the truth everything in god will always start small oh man i wish i could come here and say next sunday we're gonna have promotion sunday for all our graduates and uh you know get some anointing oil and line them up in the front here and as they come i lay hands on them they fall on the ground and when they get back up they get back up ceo i wish i could do that but that won't be the truth the truth of the matter is everybody must master the basics learn to be faithful with a little before you are entrusted with much Oh, man, you come to the marketplace with your PhD, you're going to meet people like us. And we're going we're gonna to hire you as a trainee graduate. That's what we're going to call you. You're going to start there. Because that's God's system. Everything in God will start small. What started as a garden, God already knew that it would end as a high-tech city in the book of Revelations with 12 uh, foundations, all of them with precious stone. God knew that it would end as a city, but he gave it to Adam as a garden, and what he did was he put the ingenuity, creativity, and innovation in Adam to move it from a garden to a city. And he says, now you, Adam, let's call labor together so we can bring it to a city. And so when God says reproduce, he's calling his church to learn how to be faithful with the small things. This is why Zechariah the prophet says, uh, do not despise the days of what? Of small beginnings. Everything in God starts small. And prosperity in its fullness will flow to people who learn how to be faithful in small things. If you are faithful with the little, God will promote you to what? To much. That's just how it works. 
Man, you would do well if you applied the same principle in your life. If, if, if the fool is not faithful as a boyfriend, why are you promoting him to husband? I will leave that alone. Pastor, I'm going to change him. Well, God has called you to have a marriage, not a mission field in the marriage. God has called you to have a partner, a prayer partner, not a prayer point. Oh, that's good preaching. That's, that's, oh, that's good preaching. That's good. That's good preaching. And so what happens is this. Here's the truth now. What happens is this. Is that God launches you out. He shows you the end. He knows the end from the beginning. And so when God shows you, uh, Joseph, he's going to show you your brothers bowing down. When he calls you, Joseph, uh, God is going to show you your dream. But, but you don't start on your dream. He's going to call you and show you you are the CEO. You're the president. You're called to be the uh, minister. You're called to be the pastor, the apostle, the prophet, whatever. He, God has called you. You know, he'll show you the finish. But, but, but it's as if uh, God then labanized you. That's what happened in the story of Jacob. Jacob was shown the dream. The dream, the dream girl, the dream girl was Rachel. But, but the purpose had to go through Leah. And so what God did with, with, with Jacob is he, he thought he was going to sleep with, with Rachel and he woke up with Leah. And so as you step out on this journey, as you do your, your PhD, you step out, you start, you're thinking, man, I'm shooting for the CEO, but you wake up as analyst. It's called being labanized. And if you can survive the seasons of... <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. If you can survive the seasons of Leah... Then God, see, see, because Rachel is the fun stuff. It's the, it's the fun stuff. But before we get you to Rachel, you've got to go through Leah, because Leah is where the lineage of Christ is in. You've got to go through the real stuff before we get you to enjoy the fun stuff. See, people are trying to get to Rachel without realizing that they have to go through Leah. And so Jacob, brother Jacob, got Lebanized. And, 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 and through Laban was a... Uh, was, uh, 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 Jacob's father-in-law, he Lebanized him. He gave him something to drink. <laughs> What's being Lebanized? It's when God puts something in front of you that doesn't look like your ultimate goal. And, and what that something is meant to do is to do a work in you. See, God is not interested in, in what you're doing out there more than he is what's happening in here. See, most of us are praying for God to use us out there. Use me. No, God is trying to work something in here before he works it out out there. And so the process of being uh, put in a garden is, and to till it, he said to keep it and to dress it and to till it, it is so that we can learn how to be faithful in the garden setup as we uh, get organized and we learn all these things. God is working through us. I have a five-step uh, process that I wrote down where you have to go through all these things. The first one is called Sovereign Foundations. You have to bet, get comfortable with who God created you to be. Some of you, he made you male. You, you get comfortable with that. Some of you, he made you female. Get comfortable with with that don't try to switch it up he gave you a personality uh, that he gave you that's who you are you're only significant when you are the real you you're only significant in your difference from another and not in your similarity to another amen we, we only real we, we only want when when the real you shows up amen and so, when you become comfortable with your sovereign foundations, God was intentional. These things that he did, none of us had a choice in the matter. He, he, he picked your race. He picked your gender. He picked the family that you were to be born in. He picked your nationality. Even in the family that you were born in, he picked the pecking order. And I look at my two kids. If you had swapped them around and make tonight the firstborn, it would have been chaos. 
Cosmoneso is the family manager. She's responsible. She likes to, you know, she's the one that God gave us first. And, and she fits the profile. My sister and my own family, she, she was mom junior. She fit the profile. She was the firstborn. She probably hit me more than my mom hit me. She was a, she was a law enforcer. Now, God didn't make her lastborn. Because things wouldn't have worked. He didn't make me firstborn. I mean, everybody would have, man, doing what they want, eating cake every day. <laughs> and so they're sovereign foundations, and God wired you. They say there are billions of, of, of uh, synoptic nerves that God put in you, that he, he wired you for such a time as this. Yeah, some of you praying, I, I want to be a Joshua generation. Some of you wouldn't have survived without a cell phone in, in Jericho. <laughs> And you're praying, I'm a Joshua generation. No, you're not. Amen. And so, so these are sovereign foundations. God, someone shout, God has called me for such a time as this one. God put you here for a reason. And God, get comfortable with who you are. If people don't like who you are, tough. Don't change for nobody. For no man, I'm changed. Pastor, I'm gonna change for them. Don't change for no man, nothing. Don't change for anybody. Be you. God can only use you when you're you. Amen. Man, some of you, you saw, you saw not you. I was gonna say you are so fake, but you know that would been too much to put in a sermon. That would been too harsh, right? Some of you are just not so you that your blessings have been going to somebody else. The angel show up is like ah. They were here just now. <laughs> That's a joke, okay? And so we, we all go through uh, training, right? All of us have to go through training. God will, will show you the end, but you have to go through a leer. You have to go through uh, all these different things. You know, the first one I wrote down here is inner life, a growth phase where you're training. God is working something on the inside of you. And on this stage, you're going to need... Uh, uh, to learn from imitation. The Apostle Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Now when I say imitation, I'm not saying imitate the way I'm preaching or what. I say imitate the good uh, qualities of life that will help you on your journey. Imitate, the, when the Apostle Paul said, imitate me, he's talking about imitate kindness. Imitate the way I, man, you go out to eat with some people, the way they treat waiters and waitresses, it's just, it's just off. Don't imitate that. Imitate kindness imitate generosity imitate someone came to my house you know uh, 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 saw me make my wife tea i offered my wife tea and and real strong african man he's came out he talked to me outside he said pastor i didn't know you know a real african bombarda strong warrior can make tea for their wife <laughs> i said imitate that they went home and started imitating that the wife said oh you've changed oh <laughs> amen and so when he says imitate, he's saying imitate the qualities, right, of life. Look at how people, uh, how they treat you. Look, imitate humility. That's what the apostle Paul is saying. Imitate perseverance. I mean, he was getting bitter for the gospel. He stayed in the game. And that's what he's calling you to imitate. Amen. The second way you're going to learn on this phase, you're going to learn things in a formal way. The second way you're going to learn is in formal apprenticeships. God will put people on your path to learn from. The third one is mentoring. Get some mentors. You know, uh, a mentorship is misunderstood, especially in the church. You know, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, uh, you have many tutors, but you have one father. And so pastors have taken that to be, you know, the mentor for everything. That's wrong. Because you cannot, you don't, you're not a reservoir for all information. Only Jesus was the reservoir for only all information. Only Jesus could mentor you from A to Z. Amen. And so Pastor C and I, we have mentors for all different things that matter to us. You get a mentor for your health and fitness. Someone that makes sure you eat right. Someone that makes sure you're in the gym. Even when you, you don't, I mean, it was left to my own device, I would be eating sweets and cake. I'm, I have a sweet tooth. So I need someone to say no and put a salad in front of me. I need someone to, to mentor me. See, you can't just live a life of boo-boo-boo and think that these things... No, this is true. And think that these things are going to fall on your head like mangoes falling off a tree. You need structure. Someone say structure. Get someone who says 
three times a week and then they follow up on that. How many times did you go to the gym today? We have someone like that in our lives. We have a mentor who mentors us on marriage. Man, get someone who's done marriage. They have done marriage for over 50 years and we get on a Zoom call with them every month, once every month. And they, they, they see, you can't have a great marriage by accident. It's just going to fall on you. No, it's not. You have to be intentional. So we have a mentor uh, for marriage. We have a parenting mentor. How do you raise kids with the balance of uh, the, not sparing the rod and also love? You have to have someone that talks to you about that kind of stuff. We have a leadership mentor. I talk to my leadership mentor. Man, I go crying, wanting a hug. He says to me, take the thumb out of your mouth and grow up. I need that. In fact, that's what attracted me to uh, Andrew Womack's ministry. For the first time on television, I saw someone who was telling it like it is. It hurt me in the beginning. See, because truth will set you free, but before it does, it's going to make you angry. Amen? Get a business mentor, someone who's gone through the challenges of business, and, and they know how to persevere. And you go and see them every month and you listen to what they have to say. Get a career mentor. And you applied, yeah. Get a career mentor. You know, my wife's boss is a mentor and also the CEO of uh, uh, Kenneth Copeland Ministries, a mentor. She goes and sees them. Uh, in fact, it was weird at one time because my wife's boss is a mentor and she was coming to this church before she moved to Cape Town. So I was a pastor, but she was my wife's mentor. How does that work? I mean, it was... But get yourself a mentor. In fact, I was talking to Sipo. He just relocated uh, to the UK. He said, Pastor, what's the first thing I must do? Is I get on this job. I said, go get yourself someone who's been in the game longer than you have. And when you go, go talk to them periodically and listen to what they have to say to apply it. Let me give you two tips when it comes to finding a mentor. The first one is this. Don't ever ask anyone to be your mentor because these big guys, CEOs and stuff, they'll say no because their calendar is always full. But what you can do is uh, put a date in their calendar, take them out to eat and ask questions. So from your side, they are your mentor, but just don't announce it. <laughs> and the second one, the second thing you can do is get mentors from afar. Someone can mentor you through a podcast. They can mentor you through books. If you are in debt and you're tired of being in debt, get Dave Ramsey to mentor you about getting out of debt and listen to that thing every day. Amen? It's not going to fall on you, just, you know, like rain falling off from heaven. You have to have a game plan. You know, uh, uh, Moses, he was doing all this work. Go and read it in Exodus 18. He was doing all this work. It was driving him crazy, driving the people crazy. And so uh, uh, his father-in-law, Jethro, was in town for the weekend, right? Go and read it. And they had a bride. That's what it says. If you read it, they had a bride. It was the burnt sacrifice. Uh, they ended up eating it, you know, with the people. And so they had a bride. And so the next day was Monday. Go and read it. Exodus 18, verse 20. You'll see that they had the bride. In, in verse 20, uh, 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 the, verse 21, the next day, uh, Moses goes to work. His father-in-law comes with him and he's just observing Moses do the work. And Moses was counseling people from 8 until 8 p.m. And his father-in-law looked at it. And he says, Moses, Moses, why are you doing this to yourself? And he says this. This is a powerful statement. He says you are getting tired, but you are also tiring the people. <laughs> that was a moment of mentorship. He said to him, why don't you select men of integrity? Men that are, are meek, you know, of a teachable spirit. And put those men in charge and let them do the work. It was a moment of mentorship that Moses received and he applied it in leading the people. And guess what? It changed his entire life forever. Amen. And so when you get a mentor, they're going to give you tips. They're going to give you stuff to do, homeworks, whatever. Go and apply it. You know, when I started on this journey looking for people to teach me because I realized I needed, you know, to learn, I didn't want to be these three. I'm going to give you three things and then we will close. I didn't want to be a, a passive protege. Don't be a passive protege. What is a passive protege? Uh, a person who only reaches out when it's convenient uh, or when their personal efforts do not produce the desired result. Watch this now. They subconsciously expect their mentor to produce success for them. Man, you are the one who ultimately has to go and actually apply uh, what these people are going to say to you. Amen? I said amen. amen. 
and and so don't be a, a passive uh, a protege uh, also don't be a parasite protege uh, what is a parasite is a person who pursues uh, uh, a mentor for credibility and not for correction they want what the mentor has earned not what they have learned man it, it takes a lot to be where your boss is they went through stuff and when you sit down with them don't take what they're telling you cheaply no one likes for for their valuable information that they've taken all these years to to go through their mistakes and to just give it and someone treats it like trash this is why jesus says do not cast pearls before swine what he meant by that is don't give your valuable information to people who are just going to treat it like trash and so when you sit with these people write stuff down and have a game plan of how you are going to apply it Can I get an amen? amen. Man, I, might, I may not get a big offering today. I may not. <laughs> Woo. It's a tough crowd, amen. Man, I'm telling you, sit, sit with these people and apply. You know, we have this couple, uh, uh, Van and Regina. They want to know. They want to know what's happening with the kids. And they want to know what's happening with us. And, you know, they want to know. Uh, have you been on a uh, on a date lately? Have you are you still going on dates? Say, oh man, we 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 just been busy. They say, no, no, that's not acceptable. You need to go on dates, and and they are strict with us uh, over all these different things. We have people that mentor us in uh, in the gym. They don't see us two three days. They're on the phone. They're calling us to say, hey, where are you? You have a game plan. We have a plan that we set out. We need to complete this plan. And sometimes I don't feel like talking to them. I'll be honest with you. I want to do my own thing. And I see that phone is ringing, and they, I know exactly what they're going to ask. And I don't want to talk to them. But guess what? I've committed to a life of results, and so I'm going to talk to them. And when they bring the correction, sometimes it's not nice. Anybody ever been corrected? It's not cool. It doesn't feel great. Amen? But sometimes you, you need that person uh, to correct you. You know, uh, young people, you, you start dating. Uh, go and find a couple that just got married. A young couple that are doing well, that are flourishing. Don't come to us. We don't understand this dating thing anymore. I'm old. I'm 42. I've been married 12 years. I don't understand the games they play these days. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Go find a couple in church. You're a single parent. You want to raise kids? Go talk to a single parent. That is, we have many of them in this community that have raised solid uh, men of God, young women of God. Go and talk to them and ask them, how do you do this? How do you balance the discipline, the motherly love, and all these different things? Talk to people and learn from people. This is why God has created us for fellowship. Amen? Talk to people. And learn from this. In fact, that's what I do. I have a habit of every time I meet someone at church, I ask them what you do, and they tell me this is what they I say, man, I know exactly who you need to meet. And I all, I'm always constantly introducing people to people because the information you need is right sitting right next to you. And so I introduce people. Some of, some of them take me up on my offer. Some of them, psh, pastor, you know, I know everything. The younger ones. The younger ones know everything. The older ones have learned that you, you know, life will teach you one or two things. And the third one is this. Don't be this. Don't be a passive one, right? Don't be a, a parasite. And, and I also didn't want to be a prodigal protege. What is a prodigal protege? It is a person who just enters and exits uh, the relationship freely. And so they already have the, uh, their answer. And, 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 and your, if your advice doesn't suit them, they will leave you. So, 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 if you get a health coach, uh, those personal trainers, they'll tell you, man, this is what we're going to do. And they'll enter that relationship. And it's going to get hard. Now, training is not fun. It's going to get hard. And they'll just disappear and just disappear and just go away. What was that goal? 10 kgs we need to lose this year. Disappeared. Personal coach is calling now. Hey, where are you? Ah, no, you know, this thing, I'm busy at work. No, you're not. <laughs> you've gone back to pizza now. <laughs> and, and cream donuts. 
Krispy Kreme. Amen. Some of you, they will say, man, you need to send out a pastor. Or they will come to you and say, man, I hate my job. I say to you, man, talk to this person. They know about career. Go talk to them. The person says, we're going to have a goal, right? We're going to send 10 CVs uh, every month. They go away. I don't want to send no CVs. I'm just going to pray. I say, what's our target? Where is our target? They start coming. If they know you come to second service, they start coming to first service. Can I get an amen? Man, this is, this is where we live. This is serious stuff. I was talking to Sipo and Amanda, and I love them so much because of one thing. They just listen. You know, they just listened. I, I remember I met with Sipo. I said, man, we're going to come up with a plan to buy a house. He said, me, pastor? I said, yeah, you. I said, the first thing we're going to do is you need to go house uh, hunting. He said, but I don't have the money. I said, you know, you've got to get it into your system. And he started going around looking at houses. And I said, now we're going to put an offer. I said, Pastor, really? I said, yeah. He put the offer, bought the house. You know, praise God. And, and he came to me frustrated because there was a ceiling uh, uh, at work. He says, there's a ceiling now. I can't go anywhere else. I said, what are you looking? He said, man, I'm looking at uh, 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 getting a, another job in Joburg. I said, man, God created the whole earth. He is, we sing it at kids. He's got the whole world. And he said, I said, why are you just looking at Joburg? Let's look at the world. He said, where pastor? I said, wherever your heart desires, go talk to your wife, pray about it, and, and wherever the heart, your heart desires. He came back, he said, man, the Lord is really leading us to, to the UK. I said, let's go for it. We're going to apply, and we're going to do 10 things, 10 CVs a, a week. We did 10 CVs a week. Uh, on the first load, the first um, batch of CVs, he got his job, and he got to move his family, to start afresh uh, in a different environment, different career, the one that didn't have a ceiling over his head, because he was getting from Frustrated. Now people come to me, the next person, I have a ceiling over my head. Here's our game plan. This is what we're going to do. No, pastor, let's declare fast and prayer. <laughs> so they already know the answer that they want is, is some spiritual, right? So it can look religious. So it can look like we are doing something. But the game plan is simply this. Remove the ceiling by taking the opportunities that are available. You are called for such a time as this. Why don't you stand on your feet? The five points? I didn't finish? Oh, okay. So the, the third one is ministry maturing or career business maturing. Uh, that's the third one. I said the first one was uh, sovereign foundations. The second one is inner life growth. The third one is maturing phase. And in this uh, particular uh, uh, stage, God will put something uh, on your path that you don't necessarily like uh, to teach you about life just to teach you and to increase your capacity you'll put it in your path and if you pass that phase by the way you know every single phase uh, there are thousands if not millions of people dropping out just tapping out just say man i quit i'm done at every stage uh, because it can get tough we're talking about swimming upstream when it comes to leaders there's a there's a demand that god places on you when it comes to going to heaven the only demand is 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 to accept jesus is your personal Lord and Savior. When it comes to really fulfilling the call of God on your life, uh, there, is a, there is a list of requirements. This is why it says, if anyone desires to be a bishop, he desires a good thing. But then he turns around and he says, a bishop must. If you want to be a bishop, then you must. It becomes a divine imperative. There is a list of things that you got to tick. Because God is looking for people of character. He's looking for people of integrity. He's looking for people uh, that will be committed to him and not to their own belly. Amen. He's looking for people that are obsessed with destination be a blessing. And you, you allow us to, to have things uh, in our plate, the leaders of this world, before we get to, to Rachel. Amen. And uh, the, the uh, fourth stage is, is maturing where you begin to identify uh, your gift mix and God begins to turn up the, the, the influence, the promotion. You know, you know, we live in a time and a generation that thinks that uh, influence is going to come through going viral over one video. We're talking here about God promoting you. This is not about going viral over one video. We're talking about the Lord promoting you. And if you want to be uh, promoted by God and use God's kind of influence... Uh, man, you have to learn how to put your hands on the plow and stay committed. And here's something else. 
not be in a hurry. He says, man, imitate those who through faith and patience. Patience. Someone say patience. This is a microwave. Yeah, we got microwaves, but uh, you can't microwave your purpose. You stay in the game. And for some of us, it's been 20 years already. Feels like yesterday. And there's a lot more to go. Amen. I said amen. And you stay in the game and you're patient. And then on the final stage, this is convergence. This is where the Lord puts you in your own sandbox. You don't have to worry about what somebody else is doing next door. You just be you. You won't see Andrew Omar trying to be Benny Hinn. No, he's, he's all right being Andrew. Or trying to be Joel Osteen. He's not. He's, he trying to be J Jake's. No, God puts you in your own sandbox. And you get comfortable in your sandbox. Being you. Doing you. Amen. But it's a journey. That's going to take us being committed. Now, Billy and them, they're going to come and teach us how to build uh, real estate portfolios. They're going to come and teach us how to uh, do all these things. Uh, uh, a stock, for some of you who get excited by stock and investing in companies, they're going to come and teach us all of that, how you build wealth and over a long period of time. They, they don't have get-rich-quick uh, schemes. They don't exist. It's going to take, uh, someone say, long things take long in God. It's kind of like making a, a picanha, you know, a, a Desmond here. He has this piece of meat that he likes on a cow called picanha. It's thick steak. And, uh, you know, he makes that picanha. I'm standing there. I'm like, Desmond, come on. Is it time to flip that thing? He says, no, we need to wait. One hour. I said, Desmond, come on, man. It's time to flip that. He says, no, let's, let's wait another hour. And everybody's hungry now. People are shouting from the kitchen. Hey, what is the food? I said, Brother Des, he said, Pity, don't mess it up. Don't rush me. After about two and a half hours to two hours, 45 minutes, he says, Okay, now let's turn it around. And he turns it for another one hour. <laughs> I tried to make picanha when we were on vacation. I messed it up badly because I want it fast. I mean, the thing was red, and, and, and he brings his temperature, his temperature, his thermometer. It's a thing, he, he pokes it into the meat right to the center, and he checks. He says the temperatures, and, and that's, what, that's what God is doing. He's keeping you where you are so you can get crusted. He says we need to get you crusted. That's why we need to get the bikini. Man, you need a thick skin for where he is taking you. Some of you are trying to flip around and you're switching jobs. That's no, stay crusted. It's awesome. And then when it's time to burn the meat, man, I'm telling you, when he flips it around, finally, for the for the uh, 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 the fat, ten minutes. He just and ten minutes. Ooh, man, that picanha. I had a taste of heaven. Amen. But here's the truth, guys. Stay in the game. Amen. Apply these things. Put your hands on the plow. And I'm telling you. I am telling you. We can all reach convergence. All of us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for these, your precious children. Lord, I pray for them. That as they leave uh, today, you are bringing men and women across their path that will mentor them to their destiny. Lord, I thank you that you are bringing relational mentors. I thank you that you are bringing... Uh, uh, parental mentors that we help them parent their kids i thank you father that you're bringing business mentors that have experience and that will share that experience with them lord i thank you that you are bringing career mentors you're bringing people uh, across their path you're bringing sisters uh for 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 the young girl who never had a sister you're bringing brothers for a young man who never had a brother a brother that will care for them mentor them and and raise them up to be a man 
a man that we need uh, in this world, a man of God. Lord, we just thank you, Father, that you are, you are raising up uh, all these different mentors, mentors for their marriage. You are raising up uh, mentors for their uh, uh, health and fitness, recognizing and realizing that they need to keep this body, the temple of the Holy Spirit, uh, in, in a good shape for them to, to minister and to be on this earth uh, for a long time. Lord, I thank you that you are bringing them across uh, podcasts, you're bringing them across uh, uh, teachings, books that will just uh, bring the final piece of information that they need to step out in faith and start that business. The final piece of information that they need to step out with confidence and take their company, their business to the next level. I just thank you, Father, that this person could be the next person uh, they sit next to uh, on an aeroplane. It could be the next person uh, they, they get introduced to at work and, and wherever they go, Lord, I'm calling uh, people People to be uh, put across their path that will radically change their lives forever thank you father for doing it it is in jesus name and someone said amen. amen we hope this message has been a blessing to you thank you for listening to find out more about how you can become a partner visit faithhill.tv today That's who